0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Love Yourself Lab Pod. My name is Jess, and this is a very special episode because we've reached the end of season one. How exciting. <laughs> so in honor of our season finale, we've compiled a little highlight reel of our most memorable, most resonant, and honestly just our favorite LYL moments as a way to look back on all of the wonderful self-love work we've done together over the last several months. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy this throwback to some of our best times together. I wondered what it would be like if I stopped focusing on the things I didn't like about myself and started focusing on the things I did. How would that affect my mood, the way I saw myself, the way other people saw me even? I decided from that moment forward I would start to speak to myself with kindness, even if I didn't believe the words I was saying then and there. I wanted to try to change my way of thinking so that I could maybe love myself. And now after years of practice, I can honestly say I do. When we talk about practicing self-love, we mean getting in the headspace where we can accept who we are right now, even if we still have goals we haven't achieved yet. This is not the time to practice escapism and watch TV or something. Because that ultimately won't give you the result you're looking for. And resting is extremely productive because what you're yielding is a version of yourself who's ready to take on the tasks that you couldn't do when you were feeling burnt out. I won't get into the psychology of that too much because that's a tangent I know I won't be able to come back from. But there really is something to be said for just trying. For one, there's absolutely no disadvantage to it. The only possible outcome for trying, other than your life just remaining the same as it already is, is succeeding. And don't come at me with failure being an option because what happens after you fail? Your life just goes back to the way it would be if you hadn't tried at all. And that's where you would've been anyway. So really there's just success or normalcy. Imagine this, just humor me for a second. You go into an interview for your dream job. And even though you're fully qualified for the position, you spend the entire interview telling your potential employer about all your flaws and negative qualities you get the job? Y'all know you just have to put your best foot forward and tell them you're awesome because that's what's going to convince them to give you what you want. So why don't we apply this tactic where it counts? We want to be happy and feel fulfilled in life. So instead of entering situations focused on the negative like a bad interviewee, we should act like people who deserve those things. I found that once we start speaking to ourselves more positively, It's so much easier to approach all situations with that same grace and patience. I knew I had the ability to do it because I'd done it before. We all have in various ways and speeds and levels of awareness. We've been experiencing these lows and soothing ourselves back to a place of contentment our entire lives, whether we knew exactly what we were doing or not. And that's amazing because we have to accept the lows as they come. We can't avoid them altogether. But then we can make the conscious and active effort to figure out the best way to move forward and get out of it. Because there is a way out of it, even if it's not easy to see. And I promise you, it's a lot easier to find when we're actually looking for it. None of the topics we address on this podcast should ever be approached with the all or nothing mentality because that's how we get stuck in the nothing. The idea is that you can use this tool to get the things you want faster whether it's that dream job or a goal you've been working towards, or even just healthier relationships in general. At the end of the day, that's all any of this stuff is. Self-love, self-care, positivity. They're all just tools that we can use to make our lives easier. What were you thinking when you wanted to start this
1: page? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, That was a long time ago, so I have to think about it. (laughs) So, like, during that time, I was taking... um, so I'm a Spanish major, just gotta throw that out there, you know, Uh so at the time, I was taking a, a woman's, like, feminism course in Spanish, like, it was about, like, women in Mexico, like, women in contemporary Mexico, whatever, and so we were talking a lot about, like, the role of women, like, how women are viewed in society, blah, 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 and there's just, like, a lot of things that people don't know about, like, women's issues, I guess you could say, Um, especially because, like, in the academic world, they talk about it a lot, but, like, in normal conversation, it's not really brought up, or, like, a lot of people, like, analyze it or talk about it, right? right, so, like, I just wanted to, like, have a space where people could, like, talk about, like, all their things they're going through, yeah, plus, like, with quarantine, too, like, it's just hard on a lot of people. Oh, and at that time, too, it was, like... That's right. Like, well, was it was at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. Out to me. I just wanted, like, a safe place where, like, people could go to, to, like, talk about things and, like, have a sense of, like, community. And that's kind of why I wanted to share, too, because I'm sure a lot of people have that, but it's, like, something very uncomfortable to talk about because, like, for me, too, at one point in time, it was, like, oh, what if my parents find out I'm doing this? And then they, like, look at what we've written or whatever, my parents aren't that tech savvy so I don't think they would find it but it's still that like kind of fear I guess that it's like oh what are my parents gonna say you know because yeah because like my parents being Asian like they don't believe this whole self-love thing they don't believe about like mental illness or like stuff like that so like to talk about to talk with them about stuff like this it's like very hard and I haven't done it
0: as someone once explained to me Self-love isn't the idea that our needs matter more than everyone else's, it's the idea that our needs matter as well as everyone else's. And when we fulfill our own needs, we can bring the best version of ourselves to help satisfy other people's needs too. You can't pour anything into anyone else's cup if your own cup is empty. In the words of love expert Dr. Gary Chapman, when the love tank is empty and he feels used but not loved, the whole world looks dark and he will likely never reach his potential for good in the world. What about the things that make us unique and different, make us unworthy of self-love? We can love romantic partners and friends and family members even though they have flaws. Why are we so unforgiving when it comes to ourselves? Maybe we're exactly as we're supposed to be right here and now. Even if we still have growing to do or changes we'd like to make, that shouldn't stop us from appreciating where we are currently. It's okay to want to change. In fact, we should always strive to grow. But just like we can't let our flaws inhibit our self-love, we can't make self-love synonymous with being perfect because perfection is just unattainable. And that should be an incredibly freeing thought that we, just like everyone else, are worthy exactly as we are. So I don't know who said it, and I'm slightly paraphrasing because it's been years since I've actually seen what it says, but it's something like this. You can't hate something so much that you love it. You can't neglect your garden so much that you tend to it. You can't despise your body so much that you take care of it. I love this quote so much. And there are infinite examples of things we can't bring into fruition with hate or disdain. It has to be love because our gardens, our bodies, our mental health, our goals, can't be taken care of without our desire to take care of them. This isn't coming from the mindset of, I love myself as I am, so I don't have to put in any sort of work to get better. Because that's not self-love, that's just denial. Yes, when we practice self-love, we're learning to embrace ourselves as we are, but that doesn't mean giving up on our aspirations. It means accepting who we are now as a crucial and necessary part of our life journeys. It means understanding we have goals we'd like to reach, but not discounting our worth as human beings based on the fact that we haven't accomplished them yet. Self-love isn't something that makes us think we're too good to move forward in our lives. It's something we need now in order to determine what changes are going to be the most meaningful in the future. The fifth and final misconception we'll talk about today should sound somewhat familiar, and it's that self-love is a destination. How many times on this podcast have I described self-love, positivity, life even, as a journey? There is no ultimate final destination because it's a choice we have to make every day. Just like many other things in life, self-love is something we have to constantly work to maintain. And no matter how long we practice these things, we'll still have days when we feel low and insecure and just down on ourselves. The idea that we might just wake up one day and magically love ourselves unwaveringly forever is an unfortunate fallacy. However, it's also a huge relief because that means it's impossible for us to fail. You know how there are some people who we say light up the room when they walk in and how there are some people who are just kind of draining to talk to? The reason for that is vibrational energy transfer. Our energies are interacting with each other and with everything around us. So when we're picking up or putting out different frequencies, that's energy transferring between us and those things. I really like this metaphor, so here's the gist of it. If you want to hear a certain station, let's say 101.3, you have to turn your radio to 101.3 in order to receive that frequency. If you turn the radio to 101.2 or 101.4 or 96.7, you're not going to get 101.3. It's the same thing with manifestation. You have to align yourself vibrationally with what you want to receive. Otherwise, you're just not going to get it. And similarly, if you don't want to listen to 96.7, but you turn your radio to that station, the radio's going to play what's on 96.7. Aligning yourself with the thing you want doesn't mean wanting it really badly. Because the energy of wanting something is not the same as the energy of having something. If anything, it's more similar to the energy of not having something, which is the frequency we're trying to avoid. Vibrationally, we wanna align ourselves with those feelings to attract the right thing. Otherwise, it's like tuning our radios to the feeling of lacking, and then we just attract more of that. I feel like I've said this so many times, but all these mindsets, self-love, positivity, gratitude, manifestation, they're all interrelated. So if you start to get really good at one, the rest will follow.
2: I'm I'm constantly on a self love and self improvement journey. Whether or not I am actively on that journey (laughs) is something different, but I'm always on the journey. Of course, Um, I guess how I'm prioritizing my mental health is like realizing that I'm not always going to be perfect, and that even though I may not be where it is that I want to be, that beating myself up for that and and feeling poorly for not being where I feel like I should be is not going to get me there. Self-love is again, like I forgive myself for everything that I've done up to this point. That is not a reflection of who or how I want to be. I am now in control of manifesting who and how I want to be from this exact moment onwards. So everything that I've knocked myself down for up to this point, no longer holds power over me. And then, like, but then if you're again, headspace is filled with why haven't I accomplished this? Then you're taking up space that could then be used to then reframe and say, how can I accomplish this?
1: Right. Absolutely. So
2: I think that that's like being able to look at yourself from the outside and call yourself on your BS. And then instead of wallowing in it, being proactive about it, I think is the ultimate sign of self-care and self-love. Definitely. And it's what gets misconstrued, I think, a lot when people think about this movement and about this, I mean, not even about the movement, it's really the lifestyle and mentality because it's not just a movement. This is something that we need to, everyone needs to adopt. This applies regardless of your socioeconomic standing. This applies regardless of gender, ethnicity where you are in the world, like where you are in your life of like age, like doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Having more self love. And this is so cheesy, you hear the quote of like, you know, no one else can love you until you learn how to love yourself. But it's so true. Like, if you don't have a solid relationship with you, that then goes into every single experience that you have in every single part of your life. And it has nothing to do with, again, narcissism and walking around the world like that, but more so Walking around the world saying, it's okay that I'm human.
3: I think that, like, by way of what I've learned about self-care and self-love is, like, it has to be for you. It Everything has to be your choice. You can't be consistent in anything that you do if you're making, if you're doing it for somebody else. You know, right now we are definitely dealing with circumstances that were bestowed upon us that we're right. asked for. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the end of the day, like, we are in control of how we meet those circumstances we're in control of what we do about what's happening kind of around us or you know to us if you will without adopting this mentality of you know woe is me and and feeling like everything happens to you
0: absolutely like
3: at the end of the day like when you do discover that so I've heard (laughs) it gives you an immense sense of power that you can tackle anything head on that happens in your life. And I think that at the end of the day that's what we're all seeking is a little bit of power, whether that be over ourselves, over our circumstances, for some it's those around us, you know, Q and the politicians. Um (laughs) that's been like the biggest lesson and it's a lesson that I'm still learning. So it's it's not I've not reached the final destination of of that goal. I can't check that off the list yet. (laughs) But Well, again, I think that's an ongoing learning
0: process, you know, there's a learning curve for sure. And you're definitely, you know, on the right track if you're self-aware enough to be able to acknowledge that. And, you know, we hear this all the time. It's not the situation. It's not the circumstances.
3: It's how you respond to it. Waking up every single morning with this sense of, do I want to live my life every day having things happen to me? Or do I want to love myself enough to empower myself to be the best version And be okay with how uncomfortable that's going to make me every single second. And I'm going to have to make some tough decisions. Absolutely, yeah. But would you like, it's kind of, would you rather live with the pain of staying where you are or the pain of change? Right. Because either way, there's pain. So
0: I said self-love and romantic love are similar. And that's an idea I've talked about in other episodes too. And there are a few reasons I say this. One is that those types of love are given and received in very similar ways. You can learn a lot about how to love someone else from how you love yourself and vice versa. You can show love to yourself in the same ways you show love to a partner. You can show love to yourself even if you have flaws you haven't accepted yet, just like you can love a partner who has flaws. You can love yourself as you are and still push yourself to be better in the same way you can for a romantic partner. Whatever conditions you've placed on or removed from one kind of love can be placed on or removed from the other as well. I also say they're similar because what you allow in a romantic situation is typically a direct reflection of how you're feeling about yourself. If you allow your partner to treat you poorly, typically this is because deep down you don't feel you deserve better. Or if you have a really loving and ideal relationship, it's because your love cup is being filled not only by your partner, but by yourself. So you're never feeling unworthy or undeserving of that love. I think what people should say instead of we have to love ourselves before we love anyone else is that we need to establish what's important to us and what we deserve before we love anyone else. Fulfillment doesn't exist in perfection, it exists in happiness. Don't settle for less, but don't overcomplicate it by looking for more. Never settle for any love that's less than you deserve, in self-love, romantic love, whatever the case may be. And really know what it is you want, so you know what to aspire towards. At the end of the day, it's your life and it's up to you to take advantage of every opportunity to make it feel as amazing as possible. And hopefully I said something that makes you feel like you can grow your self-love and or romantic love situation in a productive way. I know that oftentimes when we think about voicing our opinions that some people might see as unfavorable, we get concerned with how things will be received. Well. Bringing it up make the situation more uncomfortable. You know, this is hard, and I feel guilty, and this is more uncomfortable than dealing with my feelings privately. These are all thoughts I've had when assessing whether or not to speak up about my feelings on something. But I try to remember that this is short-term discomfort for the greater good of long-term comfort, of long-term love, long-term satisfaction in all relationships and interactions, from both parties. And it's a crucial element in self-care because it's a part of standing up for yourself and building confidence. And
4: can I tell you in quarantine, I have learned that I need to love myself. If I'm going to get through this, I have to start loving myself. I have to start appreciating myself for as I am, how I am, all my flaws, all my faults, everything, the good, bad, and the ugly. And I want to say that For me, like even just recently, I have struggled with my body image, with being good enough, you know, just feeling cute, feeling like attractive, feeling like myself. And honestly, people like you are the reason why I think I've been able to kind of get to a place where I feel more stable. I feel better about myself because I think I can finally start to say, you know what, You're, you're fine. You're doing okay. You're living in the midst of a pandemic. If you have a few extra pounds, you're still beautiful. You're still worthy. You're still amazing. So especially in a pandemic, I think we needed this. And what's crazy is I think even before this pandemic, people all the time, everybody has self image issues, body issues, just mental stuff going on. And I think it's so important to place a priority on your mental health self love self care it's so so important
0: that is what life is all about you have to go through the crazy stuff i was using this metaphor earlier i just came up with with jen i was really proud of it we have to get in the rock tumbler a little bit you know get shaken up break our world apart a little bit to come out as gems
4: it's so it's so important for us to learn those lessons of like this isn't always going to be forever this Absolutely. period of your life You need to appreciate it for what it was, and you need to learn how to grow in spite of change. Choosing my mental health, choosing me is hard, but living in
0: this misery is also hard. I chose the hard of working on
4: myself. That was the hard that I knew I would come out the other side even better for. I think you get to a point in your life, and especially with this pandemic, where it's sink or swim. You either choose to keep going. Or you stop, and and like you talked about, your mental health just suffers. You get stuck in that rut where you're like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to live. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to act. And for me, it's like I just, I just did. I honestly did what I knew how to do. And the
0: quote that just resonated with me so much was, "Wherever you're standing, you're still standing." And yeah, we are still standing. Even when it feels like the end of the world, when you really are like, I don't know how much more of this I can take, you're going to wake up the next day and and be on the other side of that. Even if you're still going through it, you're on the other side of whatever you just
4: went through. Yeah, tomorrow's a new day. But you know what? I woke up today and I was like, it's gonna be a better day today. And it already has been. And like, you know what? It's changing your perspective. It's just changing the way you think about everything you know and it's hard like I feel like that's really hard sometimes but it's like we have to try so for me I want to say like I think that when you get in that situation where you're dealing with those overwhelming things like you have all this crap going on it's like it's necessary to check into the feelings hotel check in evaluate how are you feeling today You know, maybe that for you, that might be like a week long period. Maybe it's a month, but don't live there. Like you can't live in a hotel. You can't live in the hotel. (laughs) No, you have to check out at some point. So yeah, be in your feelings.
0: But as soon as you feel comfortable taking that step out of your hotel room, take a step, do it. Every day you'll be able to take another step and soon you'll be checking out. We defined the word productive as simply creating a product. And in the case of personal growth and self-love and self-help, we're deciding what that product is. It's up to us to determine what's important to us, what our goal is going to be, and how we're going to produce it. So a productive low is deciding what your goal is for the end of the low, so that you can move in that direction. And a lot of times when we're in it, it's hard for us to realize or decide what our goal is for us to move in any direction, which is why we need to put in the work on our good days or during our highs. So that when we are in this place that's just really tough when we're feeling unmotivated and like we don't want to put in any work, most of the work is already going to be done for us. But we need to be aware of how we frame these negative thoughts and feelings so that again, they're more productive than harmful. You don't have to be perfect to be worthy of that love or of that positive self-talk for that matter. Or just even if you can't get yourself to a place of positive self-talk, you don't have to be perfect to stop using negative self-talk. So take all of the information you've just gathered based on the questions you answered for yourself and write it down, compile it into a list and figure out how you are going to use them in the future when you need to lift your spirits, when you need that little extra boost of love or confidence or compliments, How are you going to use the tools that you just expressed that you have when you need them? All righty, guys, that is a wrap on season one. Thank you all so much for tuning in and growing your self-love with us here at LYL. We'll be back in a few months with a bunch of really great interviews for season two. Until then, you can keep up with us on Instagram by following us at Love Yourself Lab and with me at Jessica Lauren Curve. It has been such an honor to be a part of your self-love journeys thus far, and I'm so excited to hear all about the work and growth you continue to do while we're on our break. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm sending you so much love, and I can't wait to check in with y'all again very soon. Bye.